Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. All right, well, good morning and welcome to the final week of our playlist message series. And I feel like I can, can convincingly say that we saved the best for last. That was awesome. Yeah, our message series playlist is all about this. You are always surrounded by music, whether you're at work, at the gym, in the car, at school. Music is just everywhere. And really, the songs that we listen to and the songs that we hear everywhere we go are the, become the soundtrack of our lives. And so as part of playlist, we just decided to talk about some of these songs and, and just say, if it's the soundtrack of our lives, what does God have to say about some of the music that's surrounding us? And today, I'm talking about the song You Say by Lauren Daigle. Now, I want to introduce to you the name of a city in our world. Now, this is the longest name of any city, town, or village in the world anywhere, okay? And I'm going to bring it up on the screen so you can see it. I'm not going to try to say this, okay? It's, it's like 40 letters of a village in Wales. And, and what I'm going to do, because I can't pronounce it and I'm not even going to try, I, I went on YouTube and I found a video of a guy who actually correctly pronounces the name of this village. You're gonna love this. Go ahead, guys. Now today we had a big contrast in temperature across the UK, just 12 degrees over coastal parts of eastern England with cloudy skies, but in the sunshine in northwest Wales at RAF Mona, just up the road from the temperature got to 21 Celsius I mean, 70 in right? What? Does anyone want to give that a shot? Like, Google it when you get home. Take a picture and just, keep, just practice that. Next week, come back. I'll have a prize for you if you can say that correctly. It's a crazy name. Here's what's interesting about that, though. It is actually a Welsh translation of... Here's what it is in English. This is what... In Welsh, this is what it means when you say it in English. It means the Church of St. Mary in a hollow of white hazel near to the rapid whirlpool and to St. Tassilio Church near to a red cave. Let's just pop on down to uh, that place for some lunch, right? It's funny. It's, it's almost like a biblical name, right? If you go back to, like, Old Testament, like, ancient history times, when people would name their children, they named their children not, not just, they didn't just pick a name they liked. They would name their children based on what they wanted their children to be or what they thought their children were. It was just kind of an ancient tradition. So if you wanted your child, if you dream, when your baby's born, you dream of them being just a mighty warrior, you would name your child Mighty warrior. That was, that's what you would do if you wanted your child to be that. It's just kind of this precedent. And we, we do this sometimes uh, today when we name our kids. Anybody, like, when you named your kids, did you really just dig into the meaning? Anybody, like, really serious about that? Like, okay, a couple of us. My name is Chris. It's Christopher, bearer of Christ. So, yeah, I mean, that's like, and that's what I am. So that's like a, it's pow- there's power in that. Uh, my daughter's name, my daughter Trinity, it's, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's like a meaningful, powerful name. But it didn't totally, like, completely cross over because um, my daughter Cameron, um, her name means crooked nose. And then uh, my son Calvin, he's our youngest, his name means bald. So, which is funny because, like, I feel like when I named him Calvin, it was like a curse that bounced back onto me somehow. <laughs> But, like, we have family, family names, right? And, and we name our children. We give them names because we want them to have meaning and we want them to take things away. And so we're named in our families. There's, I mean, we're also named by other people. Like, when you move into elementary school, junior high, high school, a lot of times, you start to get nicknames based on qualities that you have, right? Like, my nickname in junior high was obviously Muscly. Um, people call me that all the time. But, uh, you know, but why are you laughing? <laughs> 
But we start to get nicknames from other people, and they, they name us based on qualities we have. This is a very cool story. Miley Cyrus, if you don't know this, her actual, her real birth name is Destiny Hope. That is her birth name. And she was, when she was a little kid, just even a toddler even, she smiled so much. She just had such a big smile. They, called, they started to call her Smiley as a nickname, and it stuck. And then, like, just in 2008, she legally changed her name to Miley because the nickname Smiley attached her because it's just who she was. That's what she was like. Tiger Woods, I don't know if you know this, his real name is not Tiger. Uh, his real name is Eldrick. Um, they called him Tiger because he was just, he was fierce. He was a fierce competitor on the golf course. And so there's some nicknames and some names that we get from other people that, uh, you know, maybe you're based on some good qualities. There's other nicknames that we can get from other people or things that people say about us that will stick. Uh, maybe they're not based on our best qualities. So Jadavion Clowney, which that's a great name anyway. Jadavion Clowney, he's a defensive back for the Texans. And uh, when he was a little kid, uh, he had an accident in the pool and people remembered it, and so as a result, he had a nickname that followed him all the way through his adult life, and that nickname is Doo-Doo. <laughs> like, I don't want to be remembered for that, but I mean, honestly, like, this is this crazy how, like, stuff that we do or, or qualities that we have as kids can stick with us. I mean, I remember, I remember in kindergarten, um, I remember a kid who wet his pants in kindergarten, and when I think about him today, that is the first thing that I think of. Isn't that crazy? Like, I, it's all, listen, you don't think I'm a bad person, okay? You all, you all know someone who peed their pants, and you know. But my point is this, is that there's things that happen to us, things that we do or qualities that we have that can come to define us in some ways. And they can kind of, sometimes, they can become a nickname. They can rename us, and I, they can identify us and define who we are. So whether it's our, our families naming us, or whether it's nicknames that we get from other people growing up, and kind of define us. We also have certain qualities that we see in ourselves. We can name ourselves based on things that we see when we look in the mirror. And I mean, I, I don't know about you, I'd probably be willing to bet that a majority of people, when we all look in the mirror, we're not looking at like, man, you look great. I mean, we're picking out like, you got a gross zit on your face. You know what I'm saying? When we look in the mirror, we tend to pick, up, pick ourselves apart and see the things that are not the best. And and I think as a result of that, we can kind of name ourselves. Name ourselves, I'm overweight, I'm ugly, I'm, I'm weak, I'm a failure. I, you know, I didn't reach my dreams, I, I'm not good enough. And, and as a result of these things that we see, we begin to define ourselves and give ourselves new titles that not only kind of, not only that we used to identify what we see in ourselves, but I think in a lot of ways, whether it's our families that have named us, whether it's other people who have named us, or whether we are identifying these new names for ourselves, they kind of shape our destiny. And these things kind of direct a course, and I think they kind of become a self-fulfilling prophecy in a lot of ways, because what I see negative about myself, that's all that I could ever be. That's as far as I could ever go in life, and that's the thing that could stop me or define me. And I just want to tell you this. Like most of us, if you have ever been at the point where you felt like your destiny was defined by what somebody else saw in you or didn't see in you, by what your family said about you, by something that happened to you in your past, or by something that you see in, in yourself when you look in the mirror. If you believe that your destiny is limited and defined by those things, if you've ever been at that point, 
I've got great news for you today, and that is this. It doesn't matter what other people say about you. It doesn't matter what you say about yourself. God has something new to say about you and your life, and it is good. So I'm going to share a story with you from the life of Jesus from Matthew chapter 16. And I will just, let's just jump into it. It says this in, in verse 13, that when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Really, this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, who are people saying that I am? Son of Man was a title that he kind of used sometimes to refer to himself. Who are people saying that I am? Now, Jesus had been in, in this kind of public ministry for several years. He gathered all his disciples to follow him, and he, he basically just went around and he was teaching uh, maybe a, a form of Judaism that was a little different than the traditional standard Judaism that existed at the time. And, and, and he, wasn't, he wasn't defying what traditional Judaism is, but he was just kind of pivoting it and shifting it. And he's really, he's teaching in interesting ways and in powerful ways, and people were just, people wanted to come for miles to hear what Jesus had to say. Because he spoke with authority. He spoke with power. And he was doing these, these apparently miraculous things were happening to people when they would come to, to follow him. And as a result, people wanted to understand this. People in the Jewish context especially wanted to understand this. And so they were asking all sorts of questions about who is this guy? What is he all about? Where is he from? And the reason they were doing that is because Jesus was, for a while at least, he was fairly notoriously vague about who he was to people. Jesus taught, he taught truth, he loved people, he was kind and he was generous, but he never pegged for people. He never put himself in a box for people who he was or what he was about. He taught about God and goodness and holiness and righteousness and God's, God's new plan for relationship with people that he wanted to have. The people were really confused about who Jesus was and asking a lot of questions. So Jesus kind of puts this out. He says, let's just, let's put this out on the table. Who do people say that I am? And the disciples like, well, some people say that you are John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist was a powerful teacher as well, but he had been, he had been killed. He'd been beheaded by uh, the ruler in the area at the time because he said bad things about that ruler. But people thought, you know, maybe John the Baptist is such a powerful religious figure. Maybe he's been reincarnated in Jesus. And so maybe Jesus is John the Baptist. And some say that he's Elijah and others say he's Jeremiah or one of the other prophets, that Jesus is this reincarnation of these, these Old Testament prophets who came and spoke with power from God, and they were God's mouthpiece. And so, so maybe Jesus is just this another prophet who's just speaking with the authority and the voice of God. And so she's like, well, that's cool. That's what, that's what people are saying. That's good to know. Let me ask you guys this. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, he answers this. He says, and this is, this is important, okay? He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now, what Simon says here, it's a pretty big deal, okay? Because in, in Jewish culture, in Jewish faith, the, this promised Messiah was going to be this religious figure who was going to come and he was going to set up this brand new Jewish kingdom. And, and the, the Israelites, their land had been taken from them, their kingdom had been stripped down at this point in history. Rome is occupying Israel, and so they don't, they don't have their own, they're not a government, they're not a kingdom anymore, but there's been this, this belief that this prophesied Messiah is going to come and rebuild this Jewish kingdom and lead them, and lead them in power, and he's going to be a spiritual leader, and he's also going to be this like military leader. And that's what people believed about this new Messiah. 
And because they were always on the lookout for this Messiah to come and set them free, there were lots of people who claimed to be the Messiah who had come well before Jesus. Lots of guys who popped up onto the scene and people thought they were the Messiah. Now some of these guys would show up, some of them would straight up say, I'm the Messiah, it's me, come follow me. And they might get a dozen or a couple hundred followers. Uh, Some of these guys uh, would just come and they would teach and they would develop a following and people would say, this is the Messiah, this is the Messiah. Some of these guys were were so convincing and so powerful that they, they literally had thousands and thousands of followers. Some of these, these guys who claimed to be the Messiah actually built armies. And, and they built Jewish armies that were big enough to fight the Roman, the Roman armies and, and actually win some battles. And so there were lots of Messiahs who had come up on the scene. But inevitably what had happened to all of these Messiahs who had come is that they were discredited. And the reason they were discredited is because they all died. The Jewish Messiah isn't going to die. He's going to rule. He's going to conquer, and he's going to reign over this new Jewish kingdom. Now, the problem for followers of some of these messiahs is this, is that any time that you claimed or named someone as the Jewish messiah, you are completely identified with them. It was out there, right? You were putting your chips on the table, which means this, is that when they were disproven or discredited as the messiah, one of two things happened. Either you looked stupid because you said, this guy was a Messiah. I followed him. I gave him lots of money. I gave him lots of time. I told all these people about him, and I was wrong, and I looked like an idiot. There's egg on my face, okay? That, either that, or it could be even riskier because if you were following a Jewish Messiah you thought was the guy who was fighting Rome, and you were one of his followers, and then he was put to death, and you were associated with him, you were next in line to be put to death, crucified by the Roman government. Because it was just one of those three things was going to happen if you staked your claim on a Messiah. Now, I'm sure there were people out there who were like, oh, well, I know, I thought that guy was the Messiah, but he's not, and this guy is now. Okay, well, uh, maybe he's not, but I'm always keeping my eyes out, you know. It's like that guy who isn't totally ready to settle down and date a girl. He's like, I think I like her. She might be the one, but she's hot too, so I just want to keep my options open. There's a pretty hot Messiah over there that might be the guy. I don't know. And so, so when Peter says this, when Simon Peter says this, he says, you are the Messiah. He is planting a flag. He's making a statement that nobody has really made convincingly up to this point. There have been whispers, there have been talk, maybe, I don't know. Do you think, maybe, uh, uh, I don't know. And then Peter, or Simon Peter comes out and he says, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of God. And this is what Jesus says. He says, Simon, you are blessed because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now, I want you to grasp what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying this. He's saying, I want to make sure you understand what you just said. That what you said is not, you know, this is not just a bunch of guys got together and decided this. And you're not saying this because I was telling everyone that I'm the Messiah, right? Jesus, I want you to understand, Simon, that when you say this, you're not saying this because I pushed you into it, because I tricked you into it. You're saying this because God has revealed something to your heart. His profession that you are making you are making because someone revealed this to you and it was the Spirit of God. And then Jesus says this. He says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. It's interesting. What does Jesus do? Peter makes his profession and Jesus changes his name. Now, his, his name is, is, is Simon. 
right? Which in, in the original Hebrew would be Simeon. Uh, so people would have called him Simeon back then when he was a kid. And Simeon would mean God hears, right? Because you go to that ancient tradition, you just want to like have a name with meaning. But they lived in a culture that wasn't just Hebrew. And they lived in a Roman culture. And so uh, Greek was, was the primary language of the day. And everybody spoke Greek. You had to speak it. And so people didn't call him Simeon. They called him Simon. Simon became his name. Simon was his nickname. You know what Simon means in Greek? Snub-nosed. Snub-nosed Simon. That was his name. And Simon was a fisherman. Simon was, he wasn't educated. It's very likely, probable that he was illiterate. Uh, his dad was a fisherman. His family were fishermen. This was, this was his life. This was who he was. This was his destiny. He was going to be a snub-nosed, flat-faced fisherman. He was never going to be rich. He was never going to be famous. He was never going to have any, any power. His name was his destiny. His, his family life was his destiny. That's who Simon was. But Jesus looked at Simon, and when, that, and when, when this still story happens, when Jesus sees Simon, there's these two things that happen. And the first is this. The first thing that happens is Simon makes this profession of belief in who Jesus is. Simon makes a statement, and he says this. He says, he says I'm not flirting around with it anymore. I'm not just juggling the idea. He's like, I'm planting my flag. I believe this. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you are the one that God has sent to reconcile our relationship to him. I believe in Jesus. First thing that happens is Simon makes his profession of his belief and faith. And then the second thing that happens in the story is that Jesus changed his name. Now that's pretty significant, I think. Because it's, it's not that, you know, it's not like Jesus went and changed his birth certificate and he's like, that's not, that's not what it was. Jesus was saying, this is what we're going to call you now. And the reason we're going to call you Peter, the reason we're going to call you The Rock is because, The Rock, I never even thought about it that way. He's like, I want you to understand something. That the destiny that you thought was yours, that the life that you thought was yours is going to be so much bigger, so much greater, so much better than what you ever dreamed that it could be. Because Jesus saw past Simon's career Jesus saw past Simon's illiteracy. Jesus saw past the fact that Simon smelled like fish. Jesus saw past all of Simon's weaknesses and his limitations and his imperfections. And Jesus saw into Simon, saw what he could be, and he saw what he would be. And Jesus, knowing this, wanted to make sure that Simon understood that as well. And he wanted to make sure that Simon that Peter understood that he was powerful, that his destiny was bigger, that it went beyond anything that he dreamed, anything that he thought it could be. Jesus gave Simon a new destiny. He gave Simon a new future when he gave him a new name. And can I tell you this? This is the best part of this whole story, and this is the best part of what we're talking about today. The same thing is true for us today is that Jesus has a new name and a new destiny for you. Look at what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. We talk about this verse all the time because it's just so stinking awesome. But it says, it says, this means that because of what Jesus did, because of who Jesus is, that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Everybody say, new person. 
the old life is gone. And a new life has begun. The old things are gone. They're past. A new life has happened. Everything that came before, all the, all the things that you thought were limiting to you, all the, all the destiny that you thought ended right here is gone, and there is something completely new and available to you right now and right here. And this is like, man, this is like my boy in one sentence. This is that sentence. God loves us just as we are, right? But he loves us so much that he won't leave us where we are. God loves you. You come to God exactly as you are. You come to God as a stinky old fisherman, you know, with fish scales and guts on your hands. You got a big flat nose on your face and you're ugly and you're poor and and this is your life. But Jesus is never content to let you stay there because Jesus has something bigger and better for you. And Jesus, man, for him, taking you from where you are and from where you think you will be to what you can be, this act of, of recreating us, making us new, making us more. It's, it's what he wants for us. It's his dream for us. And man, when we understand who Jesus is, we can begin to understand who we are. And that's what happened for Peter. Peter began to understand who Jesus was. And the moment he understood who Jesus really was is when all of life opened up for him and he could understand that he was greater than what he saw in the mirror, that he was greater than what his family said he was, that he was greater than what other people said he was, that he was greater than what his experiences or his limitations said that he was because God had something so much bigger and so much greater in store for him. The old Simon was gone because there's a new man who was ready to be born. And listen, you know, we, we go through things in life People define us certain ways. They say, this is, this is who you are, this is what you can be, this is what you can do. And that was Peter, right? Peter stood at the edge of his boat, looking out at the sea, believing that that was as far as he could ever step. That he could never step beyond the edge of that fishing boat. But Jesus saw a man who could step beyond the fishing boat and literally transform the world. What's your fishing boat today? What's the edge that you stand at and you don't think that you can go any farther? What's the destiny that you believe that you have for yourself and you think that's as far as it could possibly go? Because I'm telling you, Jesus is calling you to step beyond that where he has a new name, a new destiny, and a new purpose for you. So what what defines us? I mean, think about it. Our families define us. They say, this is what you can be. This is all you can ever be. This is, you know, the life that you've lived. It's... If you just think practically, right, just let's boil it down. Let's just get real for a second. You know, I'm, some of us are like, I'm, I'm divorced. My, everything I wanted for a marriage and a family, I'll never have. I've lost it. I blew it. Someone blew it for me. And, and, and now, because of, of that, this is what I'm going to be. And this is what my life can be, and it can never be what I dreamed it to be, because my marriage failed, my second marriage failed, whatever, you know, I, I can never be that, because that's, this is just, this is where I stop, this is where it ends for me. I've got adult kids, I damaged the relationships with my kids so much when they were young, and I don't, I just didn't know what I was doing, and maybe I, I was a single mom or a single dad, and I did the best I could, but like, 
that relationship with my kids is just so broken. And so now what, that, that dream I had, be a grandparent, have a great relationship with my grandkids, and just, it's, uh, it'll never happen. I, I've ruined this, I broke this, and my destiny stops right here. I dreamed of this career where everything was gonna be amazing and what it could be, and then I, I, I lost it. I blew it, I got fired, I just, I messed it up, and I'm, I'll never get a recommendation anywhere else, and now this is all that I could ever be. You know, and I'll tell you, it's not even just like things that we have done that we allow to define us. It's things that maybe have been done to us. Maybe there's those of us, even as a, as a child, somebody broke you, somebody took something from you that should never have been taken, somebody hurt you, and you look back at that, and you look back at those scars, and you feel like everything stopped for me right then. And because that person took that from me, I can never live the life that I want to live. I can never be the person that I want to be because it was stolen from me and I'm broken and I'm stopped and my destiny is now here because somebody took it from me. Or maybe it's just a matter of what you see when you look at yourself. I'm just not good enough. I would love to do that, but I never could. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough, I'm not good looking enough, I don't have enough, I don't have the luck, all these other people get the opportunities, everything goes wrong for me, I just, I just can't. And we write our own destinies, we define who we believe we are. God has a different idea, God has a new name, he has a new purpose, he has a new definition of your life, and he's saying, I want you to understand who Jesus is in your life, so you can begin to understand who you are who your new identity is. And here's the thing, you are not a snub-nosed fisherman. You are a rock, and the gates of hell cannot stand against you. They cannot conquer you. You are not a failure. You are, a, you are more than a conqueror in God. You, you are not weak. You're not weak. You have all the strength and the power of God available at your disposal because he's, he's, he's made it available to you. You have the power of God. You are not weak. You're not a failure. You're, you know what? You're not anxious because God has said this, cast your burdens on me because I care for you. God says this, he says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, and then I will take care of it for you. You're not anxious, you are cared for by a loving God who can take care of all your needs. You are not depressed. You have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. But when you define yourself by what you see and define yourself by what others say about you, you are trapped and you are stuck and you will never realize the joy that God has for you, the overcoming confidence that God has for you, the power and the strength that God has for you. He wants to redefine who you are. And when we allow God to do that, we don't allow other things and other people to do that. And isn't it amazing to just think about our language. Let's think about our, how we even speak. We say things like, I am anxious. I am depressed. You're not anxious. You feel anxious. You're not depressed. You feel depressed. You are a child of God who has his resources and his strength and his joy and his power available to you. That is not your name. It's a feeling, and feelings are liars. You know who's not a liar? Your Father in heaven who wants what's best for you. 
What are you choosing to believe? Are you going to choose to believe the people who've criticized you in your past, who've said things about you in your past, who've hurt you in your past? Are you going to choose to believe your feelings that break you down and tear you down over and over again? Are you going to choose to believe your Heavenly Father who says, I'm going to build something in your life. I'm going to build something so great and so amazing on your profession that, you, that I am yours that even the gates of hell can't stand against it. When you believe in Jesus, when you walk with Jesus, when you follow Jesus, when you live your life like Jesus, the person that you always wanted to be, the person who God always planned for you to be, that destiny is available for you and it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, or what's been done to you, or what has been done to you because the old is gone and a new life begins today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you that you have something so much bigger and better for us than we can sometimes see for ourselves. And I just pray, God, that today that your word would seep down into our hearts, that it would take root, and I pray that you would begin speaking to us, Lord. Lord, I know there's people in this room today who, have been, who struggle with this. And Lord, who, can, who a lot of times have even heard your word and heard your truth and heard how much you love them but have a tough time believing it because they don't believe that their destiny could go any beyond, any farther beyond who they see themselves as right now or who others have told them they are. And God, I just pray in your name that you would begin breaking chains today. I pray that you would bring freedom and life and hope. And I pray, God, that you would take off the blinders that we have in our lives, that you allow us to see ourselves as you see us, as we begin to understand, Jesus, who you are. That Jesus, as we may, like Peter, as we make a profession, Jesus, that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who came to die on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins, to make us, to make it so that we can have a right relationship with God, to give us hope and life and joy. That when we hold on to that profession and we understand who you are, we put our belief in that, that you have a new name, a new destiny, a new eternity for us. All of our weaknesses, all of our limitations, all of, all of our, the check marks against us are meaningless because you see something more. You see something greater. And you say that we are yours. And I thank you for that today. Everyone still had bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and this is, this is just you, you know that you've been struggling with this idea that you believe your destiny has been defined by an identity that someone else has placed on you, that your hurts have placed on you, or that you've placed on yourself. And today you're ready to just accept the fact that Jesus has something more to say about who you are and he has a bigger path for you. And today you're ready to just say, Chris, I, I need to accept it. I'm, I'm ready to receive it. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of believing lies and I'm ready to believe the truth about who God says I am. And that's you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you this morning. God, I pray for every single person who's lifted their hand today. And today I speak freedom and I pray that you would set them free. God, they are not prisoners to their past. They are not prisoners to their mistakes. And they are not prisoners to the things that have been done to them anymore. God, but they are set free in the name of Jesus that today they are new creations in you. And I pray, Father, that as they cling to the fact that you, Jesus, have set them free, I pray, God, that they would walk in that freedom. They'd walk in that hope and walk in that love. Father, today we believe who you say we are. And we put our hope and our trust and our faith in you, Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your sacrifice. And we thank you that because of what you have done, Jesus, that we can live the best life we've ever lived. We pray it all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. 
If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com. 